0: two, three, four, five, check, five, four, three, two, one, check, one, two, three, four, five. Thank you, sir. Wednesday night at the communion service, I left my phone back there on my Facebook page, and I could hear myself through the whole message. Did you hear it? No, it was my Facebook page on my phone running. It was super annoying. good morning city church and welcome to city church online this is the day the lord has made and we will rejoice in it and be glad in jesus name we're here you're there but we know that god's word is not changed his power and his presence will fill the gap between us thank you for joining us today As we're going to enter into a time of worship, God's going to speak to us. And I believe that every single one of us are going to walk away from our computers, our TVs, or however you're viewing this, better than you were when you started out this morning because that is God's plan. That is the way he does things. So you know what? Right now, I am live. But because of the stay at home order and the different things that procedures that we've been asked to follow, we're going to go into a pre recorded worship set here in just a little bit. But I'll be back in just a little while after worship to speak a live word to you. So I want you to prepare your hearts. I don't know where you are, but don't just be watching this service. I want you to engage in it, be a part of it, and let's just draw upon the power and the presence of God that is available to us today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it, be glad, and get ready to receive from him. Let me pray for you, and then we're going to go into a worship set, and I want you to just open up your hearts and let God fill you right where you are. Father, thank you for today that you are Lord God Almighty. That, Lord, that there are things that that are around about us that, that we are not in control of. But, Father, our lives are in your hands, and we trust you today, Lord. So as City Church goes online and we begin to enter into worship and prepare our hearts for the word, thank you, Lord, for speaking to us and encouraging us and sowing the eternal word of God into our hearts and our lives. And we just declare right now, We're going to be better at the end of this than we were when we turned on our computers. In Jesus' name, let's worship the Lord. God bless. I'll be back in just a little bit.
1: There's no uncertainty. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the world? Jesus is coming. It's just... What a beautiful name it is And nothing comes past to this What a beautiful name to love is great Felt on before you, you silence the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. It's so sweet to be in his presence. To be together this morning, it's so sweet. There is something about a united and fearless church. This weekend, our students were away at a youth retreat, and we got in about midnight last night. And I told God, I am not screaming this morning. I have no voice. And God was like, you know what? every crack and every note and every bit of heart. God, this morning, we give you every single bit of us, every broken piece, every missing note. Lord, if it's my last breath, God, I give it to you. This morning, thank you that your presence meets us wherever we go. Lord, that your strength sustains us. That your power, God, fuels us in the face of fear. God, this morning we stand as your people. All of our hearts that we give to you. This church, Lord, is yours. Lord, we thank you for a moment in your presence, God. We thank you in Jesus' name.
2: Here's what's going on this week at City Church. Cycle one is complete, so all of our city groups will be on break until May. Video lessons for our Kid City and Alive group are available now. For our relentless students, there'll be a video drop tonight at 6 p.m. If you're new to City Church, we still want to connect with you, even if it's just digitally. Comment below or send us a message if you're new. We are City Church. Well, good morning, City Church. We just want to say a quick word about giving. Firstly, thank you. Thank you so much to each and every person who's continued to give faithfully of their tithe and of their offering during this uncertain time, whether you continually give through our digital means online or you're giving in person. We've had many of you come by the church building. Even though the building itself is empty, you're dropping your tithe and your offering in our outdoor drop box area. Thank you for doing that. We appreciate your faithfulness. Uh, it's been one of our favorite things to see that even in times where things are uncertain or things are you know we're just not sure what's going on you continue to give faithfully if you uh, want to be a part of that if you want to keep going and keep giving then you can do that as well there'll be instructions here in just a second on how to give uh, digitally how to give online if you want to do that or if you'd like to and get out of the house if you can do that with all the restrictions and stuff like that going on come by the church building on our student life center there's an exterior door with a big red sign that says mail drop box you can drop it in there and we'll take care of that for you. But thank you so much for those of you that continually give and that are getting ready to start giving. We appreciate that. Um, we know that financially things are, are a little bit tricky right now, um, but it's your giving, it's your faithfulness that keeps this place going, that keeps us um, you know, being able to reach out to you with content and keep connected. And uh, we just are thankful that you are obedient to what God is saying, that you continue to worship God with your tithes and your offering and things like that, and that you just continue to be a part of City Church, however and wherever you are. Thanks for doing that. We appreciate that. Let's keep going with our service this morning.
0: Good morning, City Church, and thank you once again for joining us for our online service. Welcome to all of those who have joined us since I opened up the service live. Yeah, that worship was pre-recorded, but you know what? The power and the presence was here in this sanctuary. I've got a couple of people here with me. I just wanna say thank you to Pastor Kellen and all the energy and effort he has been putting into making these services possible. But God's presence was here, and I know that he was with you where you are in your living room or wherever you're watching this from. So the truth is, and we all are very aware of this, that we're operating in unprecedented times today. Things are really weird. We're dealing with stuff that we have never dealt with before on a scale that we've never seen before. And the truth is, there is there's no roadmap laid out for us in this. In fact, it's kind of a principle that I like to refer to in times like this. We are literally building a bridge as we are crossing on it laying plank by plank trusting God's wisdom and God's grace to know where to lay the next plank is so that we can take another step but here's what I want to encourage you keep trusting the Lord keep believing him no matter where you are no matter what's going on because I want you to know as your pastor I am praying for you I am believing in you I am believing for you and I want to encourage you that no matter how tough it is right now no matter how many things you're going through and it's tough on everybody there's a lots of uncertainty. There's lots of uncertainty here at the church right now. But you know what? Here's what I want to say to all of us. God is with us. God is with you. He hasn't left you in the middle of this valley to climb up the hill to the mountaintop alone. He is there with you trying to help you to get through this. And here's something else I want to sow into your thinking. In case you don't know it, in case you may not believe it, you were built for this. You were designed by your Heavenly Father to overcome. When the Bible says that we are more than conquerors, it means it. When the Bible says that we are overcomers and we, we can forge through anything that's in front of us, the Bible means that you were built to overcome. You are a child of the Most High God. And I just want you to tap into that and watch what God can do. The Bible gives us instructions to to stand and to believe in times like this. And that's so important for us. And I want you to hear me really clearly as your pastor right now. Lots of people are saying lots of things. And I just want to sow something into your thinking if you're confused. God didn't do this. God is not the author of this. God is not the one behind this. He didn't create this to teach us a lesson. No, none of this is from him. This just happened in the world, and we found ourselves in the middle of it, and I want you to know that God is with you, and no matter what you're dealing with, he is going to lead us out of this in the name of Jesus, and as your pastor, I want you to believe that and wake up to that every single morning. For us right now, and the way I'm doing my best to encourage you, it's day by day. I am just doing my best to to hear from God on a weekly basis and speak a word into your heart and into your life that can help you right where you are. In fact, the reality is one of the things that the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me as we entered in this is go back to the basics. Keep it simple. Sow things into the hearts and lives of my people that they can build their life on. We don't need fancy right now. We don't need deep right now as some people would call deep. No, what we just need to do is keep it simple Go back to the basics and put God's word to work for us. So what I talked to you about last week, real briefly, before we get into the word today, I asked and answered the question, number one, what is our response going to be to this as the church? And we talked about the fact that our response is going to be, we're going to be the light. We're going we're to show people the pathway to God. They're going to look at our life and they're going to say, hey, you are different. What is it about you? We're going to be the light. We're going to be the salt. We're going to influence and flavor people's life just like salt does when it touches food. That's going to be our response. We talked about the fact that there is an obstacle to that response. And very simply, the obstacle that we are going to deal with, and that is the obstacle of fear. And we need to overcome that fear because, see, what fear does when we allow it into our minds, when we allow it into our thinking, into our emotions, what it does is it shuts us down. In fact, the real enemy in all of this is not what we're experiencing. It is the fear that the enemy uses as a result of this to shut us down, to make us unproductive, to cause us to withdraw. And I said this to you, and I hope you wrote it down last week. Fear is not our master. Jesus is. And so I also asked and answered the question, how do we defeat this obstacle of fear? And I said to you out of Deuteronomy chapter 20, that we're going to apply the laws of war. And the law of war is this, is that when you find yourself in a place, just like we find ourselves now, you need to remind yourself you're not alone. You need to remind yourself that God, your heavenly father is with you, that what we're dealing with may be bigger than us. But it's not bigger than the God that's with us. What we're dealing with may be stronger than us, but it is not stronger than the God who is with us. So remember, do not respond to this thing as if you were alone. God has not left you. He has not forsaken you. And he will see you and I through this thing if we'll hold on to him. So this morning what I want to do is I want to take the big overarching response to how the church is going to respond. And I want to talk to you about how you're going to respond in your own personal life. How are we gonna handle this? What is our counteraction to what the world is throwing at us right now? What are we gonna do to not just survive, but to thrive in the middle of this? And so what I wanna do is I wanna go to a very important passage. It's the passage where God is about to take the second generation of his people being led by Joshua, and they're about to move into the promised land and right before God moves them into the promised land, he, uh, he, 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 I think he just kind of gets Joshua alone as the leader. And he speaks some things into his heart. And we get to hear what God spoke to Joshua. And really what this is, is God is giving Joshua a strategy, a foundation, going back to the basics, going back to the simplicity of what it's going to take to leave from where they are and pursue the promised land in the midst of all the giants that they're going to face. And he gives them a battle strategy, and he gives us a battle strategy as as well as we study it. See, the battle is real. So if the battle is real, the strategy has to be real as well. And so I don't know how this is affecting you, how it's affecting you spiritually, relationally, financially. However this is affecting, I want you to know that on the other side of this is a promised land. And I want you to be mindful of that. I want you to think about that. Yes, we're going to have to face giants. Yes, we're going to have to deal with challenges. Yes, there are obstacles that we're going to have to navigate our way through. But I want you to know that there is a promised land on the other side of this. And we don't just want to go through this. As God's people, we want to grow through this. So here's the battle plan. God said this to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. He said, Be strong and of a good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which, my, which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of a good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy today. I thank you, Lord, for just being a part of this service and taking the word of God and breaking it down and speaking it into our hearts and into our lives today. We're ready to receive from you, Lord. Challenge us, inspire us, build our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. There's so much in this battle plan that we could talk about. And what I want to do is I want to just touch on two things briefly that are vitally important that we may revisit in the future. And then I want to focus on the the main thought today. One of the things that I want us to notice that is in verse 8, God gives Joshua and us two things that we need to have and needs to be a part of our life as we go into the battle as we go in to face all the giants and all the uncertainty that is out in front of us on our way to the promised land, the first thing that he tells us in Joshua chapter, and verse 8, is this. You need to meditate in God's word continually. Meditate in the word. Now listen, there's a lot that we could say about this, but I just want to encourage you that during this time, we have to stay in the word of God. We have to be in God's word. If we want God's word in us, we have to be in God's word. So keep your hearts filled with the word. Keep your minds filled with the word. Get the word of God off the pages of your Bible and get it deep down into your heart. Why? Because it will encourage you. It will strengthen you. It will build faith in you. God told Joshua that he needed to meditate in the word, not just every once in a while, but day and night. And then he said this. Not only do I want you to meditate in the Word, I need you to obey the Word. Obey the Word of God. See, one of the principles of the kingdom of God is this. Our obedience to God's Word is crucial simply because us obeying the Word of God is what opens the door for God to be a part of our life. Our obedience to God's Word Being not just a hearer, but being a doer of it. Putting it to practice. And boy, do we have an opportunity to put it to practice today. It's what opens the door. It's what gives God the ability to to work in our heart and work in our life. So God told Joshua, and he's telling us, the battle plan is to feed on the word of God. The battle plan is to obey the word of God. And here's the promise, that if we'll do that, you will prosper. You will have good success. In other words, you will come out on the other side of this thing better than you did when you, than you were when you went in. Hearing, feeding on the word of God and obey it is crucial to us during this time. And then he goes on in the whole context of this passage and he gives us something that I want to focus on today that is crucial for us to Feed on, meditate on, and obey in our life. He says it three times. Everybody say, three times. He says it three times because that's how important it is. In fact, he didn't even suggest it three times. He commanded it three times. Here's something for you to meditate on and to obey in your life. Three different times. God says this. I command you to be strong and courageous, that being strong and courageous is what will get you through this. Courage and strength is what will get you and I to the other side. And there's a lot to understand about that, so let's start with this. He tells us to be strong and courageous for a very good reason. And one of those reasons is this, is because when you and I go out into the battle and we have to face stuff on a daily basis that's, that's uh, out of our control, that, that we are not accustomed to, that if we not, we're going to need to be strong simply because we're going to be tempted to be weak. That we're going to be tempted to allow everything that we're dealing with to drain us of our strength. And listen, you can't battle properly if you're weak. He tells us that we have to have courage simply because all that we're dealing with has the potential, when you look at it, to discourage you. And when you're discouraged, you can't fight effectively So it's in the strength and the courage that gives us the ability to stand strong in this battle that we have been thrust into, that we have no control over. And because those two things are so important, God didn't suggest it. He commanded it. He commanded it. And the reason why he commanded it is because, see, right in the middle of this, this is what the enemy is trying to do to God's people. He wants to use this to wear you out. He wants to use this to discourage you. He wants to use everything that we're dealing with right now to steal your hope. So it's so important to understand that is the strength that we need. It is courage that God wants us to have. And here's what we need to understand. And this is what I really want you to, to get deep down in your heart. This strength, this courage that we need to have for this battle... It is not something that you can create within yourself. It is not something that we can manufacture. God says, I want you to be strong and I want you to be encouraged and have courage. But what we need to realize is that strength and that courage, we can only get it from God. You can't manufacture it. You can't create it yourself. In fact, Look at what God says about his strength through the Apostle Paul. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. See, it's God's power. It's God's strength that we need. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, it says, I can do all things through who? Through Christ who strengthens me. It's Christ who strengthens us. It's Christ who gives us the strength for this battle. You can't manufacture it. You have to get it from him. Psalms 27:1 says this, "The Lord is my light and my salvation; whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life; of whom shall I be afraid?" What these verses and hundreds other like them tell us is this that the strength that we need for our life for this battle comes from Him and from Him alone. It's God's strength that we need. You can't make it happen when it comes to courage. Look at what Scripture tells us. Psalms 31 verse 24 says, Be strong and let your heart take or let your heart receive. What? Courage. All you who wait on the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6 says, Be strong. Take courage. Don't be intimidated. Don't give them a second thought because God, your God, is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. Notice again, take courage. Receive courage from God. Jesus made this statement to us in John chapter 16, verse 33. I have said this to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you face persecution, but take courage. I have conquered the world. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the one who overcame every battle that life threw at him... He offers us his courage. He offers us his strength. But look at what it says. We have to receive it from him. We have to take it as our own. Why? Because the courage and the strength that we need for this battle is not its not within us. You can't manufacture it. You can't produce it yourself. You have to get it from the Lord. In fact, we're all very familiar with the the statement, the Christian statement of, you know, it's not our battle, the battle is the Lord's. And see, that's what that statement means. It means that we're not just sitting back letting God do things. No, it means that the Lord will give us His power, His courage, His strength to fight the battles that we find ourselves in because we can't do it in our own strength. And we need to humble ourselves before God in the middle of this and throw our hands up and say, God, I can't do this. I need your courage. I need your strength. Here's one of the big takeaways from this message today. That I pray that it's not just something that you will use during this time, but it will stay with you even when we come out of this. That God's strength and his courage is something that flows From your heavenly Father to your heart and life. How? Are you ready? Here it is. Through your relationship with him. Through your relationship. Your relationship with God is what opens the door for his power, his presence, his strength, and his courage to flow from him into your heart and into your life. So the life truth of that is this. The stronger and closer our relationship is with him, the more our heart will be filled with his strength and his courage. Just yesterday, I was just letting my mind wander and uh, had to bring it back into check. But before I did, I began to sense stress. I began to feel weak. I even got a little bit of discouragement. I knew it wasn't coming from within me. I knew it was the enemy trying to take advantage of all that we're dealing with right now and putting it on me, thinking about the what ifs and the what, you know, how are we going to do this? And I knew it was the, the enemy. So what did I do? I stopped. I got alone with the Lord for a little bit. I lifted up my hands and I said, Father, I worship you. I praise you. God, replenish my strength. Replenish my courage. Fill me with who you are. And you know what? It wasn't but a couple of minutes later, I sensed the strength of God, the courage of God, the boldness of the Lord filling my heart and all the discourage and all the fear and all the weakness left. This battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. But what that means to our life is it's His power and His strength working in us And through us. And it's so important. Because if we try to manage this thing in our own strength and our own ability, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. We might get to the other side of this, but we're not going to come out the way God wants us to. We're going to be beat up. And I just want to encourage I believe this with all of my heart in the midst of everything that we're dealing with. You can come out better than you were when you went in if you will develop a close, intimate, powerful relationship with God in the middle of this and let His power and His strength and His grace continually fill your heart and fill your life. And if I could just be absolutely honest with you, that is one of the things that in the middle of this that I am really excited about. I'm excited about the opportunity that we have right now because we are desperate for God like we haven't been in a long time that we can come out of this thing rock solid, deep, having an intimate relationship with God on a level that we have never had before. Listen, God didn't cause this. God didn't bring this on us. He's not using it to teach us some kind of weird lesson. But it's here and if we'll follow him through this valley, if we'll do what we need to do on our end, we will come out and right now will be a preparation time that when we come out for the next level that he has for our life. I want you to believe that if you feel like you're being stretched right now, it's because God is preparing us for something better on the other side of this. We need to believe that. It's our relationship with God that will be deeper. It's our understanding of God that will be deeper. It is the strength and the courage of God that is going to be ramped up as we do our part and let him infuse us through our relationship with him. So here's what I want to do. I just want to give you four things. Four things that you and I need to do that will put us in a position to receive, through our relationship with God, the courage and the strength that we need for this battle. So if you've got a pen and a paper there, I want you to write these down, four things that we need to do, very simple, but they're so important for us during this time. It's not your strength. It's not your courage that you need. It's God's strength and God's courage This is how we tap into it. Are you ready? The first thing that we need to do is this. You need to stay close to God. You need to stay close to God. I know that sounds simple, and everyone knows that. But it doesn't just need to be a concept that we are aware of. It needs to be something that is an active part of our daily life. Because if what we need comes from Him, then what we need to do is make Him our daily pursuit. If we want to grow through this, then we need to go through this with Him. I know there's lots of distractions, but we have to make sure that God is who we are being distracted by the most. That He is the one that is getting our attention in the middle of everything else that wants our attention James tells us exactly what we need to do when we find ourselves up against life's problems. Right here we read it. He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Notice that when you make a move towards God, God makes a move towards you. That's the way it works. It's the way you grow in your relationship. It's the way your relationship with God develops. Everything that God has for our life is always transferred to us through our relationship with Him. So let me encourage you today, in the middle of this, turn to God lean into him draw near to him during this time why because he loves you he cares about you he wants to help you because he has peace for you he has wisdom for you he has strength and courage for you and the closer that you walk with him the more you draw near to him the more of who he is will invade your life Psalms 46.1 says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God is always right there to help you. He knows what's going on. He knows you're overwhelmed. He knows how to help you. I don't know what you might be specifically dealing with right now. You might be thinking, I can't handle this. And you know what the truth is? You can't. You can't. But if you stay close to your heavenly father through this, if you will lean on him, if you will grow and develop your relationship with him, he will get you through. David made this statement in Psalm 16a. "I have set the Lord always before me. In other words, he stayed close to him. Why? Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. David understood that the closer he was to the Lord, the more strength and courage he had for life. As your pastor, wanting to do the best that I can to lead you through this, I am believing that we will come out on the other side of this closer to God than we were, than we went in. That's how he works all things out together for the good. The second thought that I have for you is this, and this could be a challenge for us. Ready? During this time, in order to be strong and full of God's courage, you need to make sure, ready? Here we go, that you cast all your care on the Lord. Cast all, everybody say all. Cast all your care on the Lord. And I know that right now, we have a lot of care to give to Him. But what does that mean? It means this, that no matter what we have to deal with, no matter what's going on or how it's affecting us, no matter what the news is telling us, no matter what kind of negative, bad reports we're getting, we are not going to allow our hearts to be filled with worry and care We're going to trust the Lord and give Him all of our care and worry and let Him carry it for us and we're going to be free in the middle of this in Jesus' name. Peter says it like this in 1 Peter 5, 7, Casting all. Casting all of your care upon Him. Why? Because He cares for you. This can be a challenge to us. Why? Because what we're dealing with the potential of the effects it gives us a valid reason to be worried we have we have legitimate evidence of why we should fret and worry and get in fear but i want to encourage you stay close to the lord stay encouraged in the lord and don't give in to the temptation to be filled with worry and fear and the cares that this thing is trying to infuse into our life i know that what we're dealing with is very real but listen god's care for you is real as well and if you trust him to carry you through it you don't have to worry about anything you don't have to worry about anything well pastor rusty all of, no give it to the lord Well, you don't know what I'm dealing with and you don't know what I'm saying and all. No, give it to the Lord. Stop worrying about it. Stop uh, carrying the care of that thing around. Why? Because you know what worry means? Worry means this, to strangle. Worry will strangle you. It will shut down the courage of God. It will shut down the strength of God. Worry chokes you. It wears you out emotionally. It steals God's strength and courage from you. It affects you physically. And the truth is that there is absolutely nothing good about worry. It is not productive. Look at what Jesus said about worry. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on it. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Now listen, when Jesus said that to these guys, they probably just took a deep breath, because what he was talking about was their very livelihood. There were things that they were dealing with during that time that was going to affect their survival, and Jesus said, don't worry about it. Cast all your care on the Lord. And then he tells them why when he asks the question of them when he says this, and which of you by worrying can add one cubic to his stature? And the answer is nothing. You can't, listen, worry does not fix your problem. Worry makes it worse. And the truth is Many of us are feeling strangled right now. But it's not the problem that's strangling us. It's not what we're dealing with that's strangling us. It is the worry that is strangling us. It is the worry that is sucking the life out of us. That's why he says don't worry. That's why he says cast all your cares on the Lord. Worrying will not fix your problem. I wish it did. I wish it did. Because if worry could fix our problems, man, we would call a worry meeting. We'd get everybody around here and we'd just sit around and worry. We'd talk about how bad it is. We'd talk about all the what-ifs. But worry doesn't fix the problem. It makes it worse. It will it will suck the life out of you. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Do not fret. Or have any anxiety about anything. Listen, I can't have my problem and God have it at the same time. And neither can you. You have to let it go. You have to let the worry and the care and the fear. You have to let it go and get it out of your hands. And give it to the Lord and be free. Refuse to worry about it. Refuse to worry about it. And we're going to trade worry with God's strength and God's courage. What are we going to do in order to walk in that? We're going to draw near to God in the middle of this. We're going to cast all our care upon Him. And here's the third thing that we're going to do, and it's just the opposite of that. We're going to rejoice in the Lord. Right in the middle of this, we're going to lift our voice and we're going to rejoice In the Lord. Not the circumstance, but Him. Paul said it like this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Paul wrote this from a prison cell. Paul wrote this with a death sentence having been assigned to him. And he encourages us from that prison cell. No matter what's going on, rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because of what rejoicing does for us. See, to rejoice means this: to rejoy yourself. Because your joy can get taken away, your joy can, can drain out. So rejoicing, you are rejoying yourself. You are refilling yourself up. So when you sow rejoicing to the Lord, you reap the joy of the Lord. Can you see how that works? Now that sounds crazy during this time, right? But the truth is, this is where you find God's strength and God's courage. Because when you rejoice in the Lord, despite the circumstance, then the joy of the Lord becomes yours. And Nehemiah chapter 8 tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And you might ask, how in the world can I rejoice and have joy in the middle of this I'm glad you asked because James gives us the answer to that question look at what he says he says my brethren count it all joy he didn't say it was he said count it all joy when you fall into various trials and how many know we have fallen into some trials when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience how can we rejoice in the Lord how can we have joy when everything around us James tells us but let me before I go into that let me just say this to you maybe you've never thought about this when we talk about joy we're not talking about happiness happiness is based upon what is happening to you if what is happening to you is good then you're happy If what is happening to you is not good, then you're not happy. So we're not talking about happiness. We're talking about joy from the Lord that is disconnected from all the circumstances that we have. And he tells us why we can do that. Look at this passage again. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Look at the next word. Knowing, knowing, joy is always the result of what you know. You can have joy despite what's going on because of what you know. Can I just give you some things that we know? We know that God is with us. We know that he's not going to leave us. We know that he's going to get us through. We know that he's going to cause all things to work out together for the good. We know that we're not just going through this, that we're going to grow through this. We know that there is a promised land on the other side of this giant thing called COVID-19. We know these things. We know that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We know that we're more than conquerors. We know that we're the head and not the tail. We know that we are blessed and not cursed. We know that God is with us and that we know. And because we know these things, glory to God, we can have joy in the middle of this thing. No matter what's going on, rejoice in the Lord. It will rejoice you with his peace. Joy. look at the book of Habakkuk in the middle of a very devastating time it says this though the fig tree may not blossom nor the fruit be on the vines though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food though the flock may cut off, be cut off from the fold and there be no herds in the stall man you're talking about a Desperate situation. Their whole livelihood has been messed up because of what's going on in their life. Just like it is with us right now. But look at what they did. Yet, in other words, in the middle of it, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. This is what they knew. That's why they could do it. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on my high hills. How could they rejoice? How could they have joy? Because of what they knew. And you and I can rejoice in the Lord because of what we know as well, not by what we're experiencing. How are we going to draw on the strength and the courage of God to get us through this? We're going to stay close to our Heavenly Father. We're going to cast all our care upon Him and let Him carry this thing for us. And we're going to rejoice in the Lord. And so all those three three things will work for us and we can receive what God has for us. Here's the last thing I have for you and I want you to hear me. We have to do this. You need to make sure that you never give up. God didn't design you to quit under pressure. Never give up. Don't quit. Don't Throw in the towel just because you're having a hard time at the moment. Just because things aren't perfect. In our culture in America, we bail on things too quickly and too easily just because it gets rough. But I want to just speak right into your hearts and in your minds this morning and tell you, you were created by God and you are not a quitter. You are not a quitter, so don't quit. God has courage. He has strength for you that flows into your life through your relationship with him. The Apostle Paul said this, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Paul is just letting us know. He went through some hard times too. But he didn't allow the hard times to get inside of him. He stayed close to the Lord. And he allowed the courage and the strength of God to fill him and to fortify him in his walk with the Lord. You know, Jesus was sitting around with his disciples one day. Knowing that they were going to face some challenges in their life. And he says this to us today. Here's something else you can know. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Listen, this battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. But what that means is, is that we're going to get close to Him, and we're going to allow Him to infuse our hearts, our minds, our life, our emotions with His courage and His strength. And we're going to let Him lead us through this thing. And we're not just going to go through it, we're going to grow through it. We're not just going to survive this. We're going to thrive in the middle of it. And here's what I believe as I begin to close that when we get onto the when we get to the other side of this, you might not ever want to go back through something like this again. But if we handle this properly, we will thank God for the work that he did in our hearts and in our lives as we followed him through this thing. And I want you to believe that. You're not just going through it. We're growing through it. We're believing in you. We're praying for you. And I just wanna encourage you. If you have prayer requests, if you have things that are going on in your life and you need encouragement, you you can send me a Facebook message or send it to the church Facebook. We'll get back with you. But we're praying for you. So I don't know the spiritual condition of every person that is listening to this this broadcast right now. I don't know where you are with the Lord. Maybe you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're not connected with Him at any level. Maybe you used to be connected with the Lord better than you were and you've kind of drifted and this has kind of brought you back to Him. Maybe you're just kind of going through the motions with the Lord. Today's the day to begin to draw close to Him. So with your eyes closed, and your head's bowed. I want every person listening to this to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, today's the day. I make a decision to give my heart and my life to you, fresh and new. You are the Lord, therefore be my Lord. You died and was raised from the dead for me, So help me to live in your life. I receive you in all your fullness today. From this moment on, I am yours and you are mine. Jesus, you are Lord of my life from this moment on. Father, I pray for every person that prayed that prayer. I thank you for ministering to every person at their point of need. I pray for City Church as I have been continually praying. That, God, that you would encourage them, bless them, protect, protect them, and help us all go and grow through this thing in Jesus' name. And we are going to stand our ground until everything goes back to the way it was in Jesus' name. But we'll be better as a result of all of this. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. We'll see you soon.